Yes, welcome. It is finally, we are back. JR and I are at a spot where we can stop for five seconds. And Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, we are not crisscrossing the country, just rodeoing. No big deal, just rodeoing. Uh, and uh, being, uh, you know, a new office person such as myself. And uh, someone, JR is not cleaning pools. So in hindsight, here we are. Sorry, it's been a few weeks. We have gotten some uh, some blowback. Hate uh, mail. Yeah, Tim O'Connell, Jesse Pope, uh, pretty much, you know, mf'd us on social media. Isn't cool, uh, but it's yeah. okay. Gary uh, Gary Reeves was mad. Gary Reeves was mad. There, oh no, no, oh, Gary Gilbert. I'm Gary, sorry, I, got, Gil- I was like Gary Reeves. Yeah, Gary Gilbert, but he always talks shit. Got mixed up with another steer. Gary's not so. happy unless he's com- he's, he's he's complaining about something. So. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'll hear about that. So, um, anywho, here we are. Um, we are back, and uh, I myself am in Spanish Fork, Utah. Uh, Jr. is in Deadwood, South Dakota. So, a couple great rodeos. Uh, have you done Deadwood before? No, this is my. I'm a first timer in Deadwood. Well, okay. Deadwood is a party town, and the Birches put on that rodeo, so it pretty much hand in hand and there will be uh and Bo Sheets is a bullfighter and uh Mongo aka Nate Mongo. Justice so I think there'll be some uh, beers drank well I'm I'm actually pretty excited because Matt Birch is on the way here and he sent me a picture and he has got a whole case of wine that he is bringing. <laughs> and for anybody that, okay, the, the probably one of my favorite Snapchats in the world is Brent Sutton. You know, and Brent Sutton's picking up here. And he oh, I is forgot the one, Brent's there, yeah. Yeah, he's the one that Snapchatted uh, last year Matt Birch on a bicycle uh, getting pulled behind a four-wheeler jumping a picnic table and breaking his collarbone. So ah, I'm so mad. Like, so this could be the deal. And you know what's great about Deadwood? Everything. We're rodeoing, okay? But the best part is, like, back home, and it's like 105 degrees. This morning when we woke up at 8 o'clock, it's 57. That's amazing. Because it's, it's degrees. hot as balls in most of the country. I mean, uh, you know, like the song says, sweat dripped off day's ball. Yes, it does. Balls! <laughs> That's how I said it. Oh, skeet, 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 skeet. <laughs> Anyhow, Thanks. we don't need to discuss that. But I'm telling you what, like, uh, I had a, we had a great fourth. I know I did. I know you're at Crested, two of the best rodeos. But Cody, Wyoming, awesome sauce. Yeah. Great rodeo. So much fun. And in, like, the first two days, you know, where they're like, oh, we're at 45%. You know, it was a little weird. But uh, the third and fourth were, like, game on because there wasn't hardly an empty seat on the 4th of july like it was awesome and i got to relive all the glory of cody wyoming uh i did not beat tuck <laughs> in mini golf that sucked um yeah kind of kind of big bummer but he kicked your ass a, by like 30 yeah, strokes or something wasn't it yeah but i was uh i was drinking heavily and you know i just i wasn't on my game but excuses are like armpits and assholes everybody's got them they all stink you've heard that so uh, not all of them stink. Who's anyhow? Who's doesn't Angie stink? Metters. Probably Angie Metters. <laughs> Her armpits. I mean, uh, oh, <laughs> Schmirgen. 
So, uh, yeah, Prescott was amazing. Pre- Prescott was uh, 25%. And we started a, uh, an interview with Kirsten Bold there, and we've got to finish it uh, because it was about 20, 30 minutes of great stuff. But your reception in, uh, <laughs> in Cody was shitty. And then we just ran oh. out of time, and we couldn't get it finished the rest of the week. But, um, yeah, that, it's going to be really good because Kirsten's the, Kirsten's a badass, and uh, she has got she obviously the family history. But so hopefully, um, you know, no promises like our merch uh, say, uh, <laughs> ship outs, which I've been been doing pretty good. Only yeah, we've been kicking ass. Only, only got one email that said, "Hey, where's my shit?" So um, anyway, that's doing pretty good. But uh, yeah, so Prescott was great, but they were only twenty five percent. So that was about fifteen hundred people. It was good, you know. Um, it's just really hard to entertain when when it's spread out. But you know, we you just you just do what you normally do, and if you're having fun, everybody else is having fun. But uh, it was, and then I went to Weatherford, Texas. Uh, you Sold know, out. Yeah, my well, formerly second hometown uh, rodeo, and they set attendance records. It was insane, even after the Dallas media hammered yeah, them. Tell t- tell us about the Dallas media. So Channel Eight. Boo. They uh they tried to get in just to shit stir, you know. They're the CNN of of that market and um they wanted to come in and just you know it's but anyway they, they took uh they took social media posts and, and videos that people put on Snapchat and all that stuff. Uh, trust me people, people can get that when you put it public. They will get it. And so that's what they used on their uh, newscast and then uh they were just they were hammering it because there was concert afterwards, and there was a shitload of people there, and so it was. Um, but they, you know, that was on Friday, or yeah, aired Friday evening, I think. Uh, anyway, but Saturday it was just it was it was there was even more people Saturday than Friday. So I think Parker County just gave a big you know flip off, and they, and they you know masks were uh, encouraged but not required. Um. So and even though you know, I don't know. It's it's a hard thing. I'm not. I don't want to get into all that BS. No. But but uh, I'm just I'm just saying what happened, and that's what happened. Um, love love it, like it, hate it, don't disagree, agree, whatever. I'm just stating what happened. So yeah. Um, and then a kid, fifteen uh, year old kid. So there was a plane, uh, a small plane that flew over really, really, really low on Friday night, like. I mean, not too far above the announcer stand. Uh, I bet he, I bet he wasn't 200 feet off the ground. <laughs> That's what it seemed like. And so we were, you know, I was playing, and he did it twice. And so I saw him coming the second time, and I was jamming the uh, the theme to Top Gun. Yes. And, yeah. And uh, we just thought it was somebody, you know, messing around. Well, it was. It ended up being a 15 year old kid. Stole his dad's plane and knew enough apparently how to fly it because I'm pretty sure you can't have your pilot's license when you're eight or when you're 15. And he got he went over made two solid passes. Hold on, stop, stop, stop. So you're telling me a 15 year old stole his dad's plane and buzzed the rodeo? Yeah, twice. I want to send that kid some rump chat apparel. Because yeah. that guy is straight gangster. That is the coolest thing I've heard. Well, unless it would have hit the announcer stand, killing me and my family. Well, I know, but I did it. Like, <laughs> but it, it was didn't. like on Top Gun when he was like, 
You want to bust a tower? Oh yeah, let's bust Rider. a tower. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was uh, it was crazy. So Jake Link uh, took he was a photographer and he took a picture of the tail uh, number, and so they called it in because obviously it's a sheriff's posse rodeo. So Haters going to hate. Yeah, so they called it in, and they're like, yeah, we know about it. We're on the line with his dad. We're trying to get him now, down <laughs> So I don't know whatever happened to that kid. I need to I need to inquire about that. Cause, well, you know what? Because I was with you. Be, I'm like, that kid's, a, that kid's got some balls. That's a good question for parents out there. Parents, how do you discipline your 15-year-old that stole your dad's plane? Or, you know? Yeah. Like, what would you do if Gus stole your plane? Well, uh, I'm very disappointed in you, wrong man. You know, you're grounded for a week. First off, if he steals a plane, it damn sure ain't going to be mine. So that's first (laughs) and foremost. But yeah, it's not like he took the truck, you know, uptown to the to Dollar General, you know, or or anything like that. His kid stole a plane. Now. He stole a truck, whatever. That is what it is. But a plane, then you mess with the FAA, and but, they could really but, hammer the poor kid. I know, but, but let's look at it like this. Did he really steal a plane? It was his dad's. But he did not have permission to take it. I don't know. He probably did it because he's probably trying to press a hot chick. Well, and that's if he had a chick up there with him, uh, I. Well, anyway, I'm not going to say for 15. <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah. That's, I hope he but you got know, it's some heavy the, petting. It's kind of odd. It's kind of the dad's fault because if the dad wouldn't have took the 15-year-old in that plane that much, because you don't just jump into an airplane and no, drive it. Because no. I played enough fighter pilot games on Xbox to know that like flying a plane's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a few things you got to know. Like just trying to play it on Xbox, it's hard to figure out how to fly a plane. Just trying so, to, and that's just trying to call it in on the uh, on the radio. You know, Mike Mike Charlie Foxtrot one eight one requesting blah 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 blah. You know, and then that whole code you got to. It's like Japanese. Well, anyway, is, this is kind of dumb. But is there a key in an airplane? Uh, you know, I've been in a few small ones. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I don't think they've got key fobs and push buttons, but. Well, I mean, I'm not if you sure. think about it, like, like how do you fire it up? There's got to be a key. I'm sure there is. Yes. Oh. Well, good for him. So, the yeah. Rope Chat Man of the Week goes to the 15-year-old guy <laughs> that stole his dad's airplane and buzzed the tower. So, uh, Weatherford was great. Uh, and then I was back down in Angelo at the new job. Things are going good there. And then, um, yeah, and here we are after a long trip here. So, uh, kind of... You know, here at Rump Chat, we like to, you know, we have nice trucks. You know, we're blessed to have them. We need them to get around. And you spend good money on a good new truck, right, JR? Right? Yeah. yeah. You don't expect to be sidelined with exhaust problems with 12,000 miles on your vehicle. But that's what happened to me and well, you. It is, it's both hit us hard. And, and like, for a week, we do have a lot of truckers and mechanics out there listening. And I do agree 100%. The exhaust systems on these new trucks absolutely suck. Suck. Like, there's always an issue. So when I was driving home from Cody with my family, and uh, I was a little, little sore because I played golf on Sunday after Cody, and we left on Monday. And we are going to try to drive straight home, and sure enough, Wheatland, Wyoming, my truck shuts down to 45 mile an hour, and it reads service exhaust immediately. 
and it would not let us go. My truck is a 18 with 48,000 miles on it. And uh, sure enough, yeah, I had to spend uh, spend two days at Brighton uh, Brighton Ram Dodge uh, to get fixed, and and it sucked. And then you, yeah, were twelve thousand, twelve thousand seven hundred sixty one miles, uh, nineteen miles south of Emporia, Kansas, on the Kansas Turnpike, where everybody drives one hundred and sixty two miles an hour. I am on the side of the road. It dinged, said service exhaust system, see dealer, and shut me down. I could not push. I pushed on the accelerator. Nothing would happen. I got a call this morning from a dealership. I, I sat on the side of the road. A guy came out, plugged a, uh, a big uh, Scott Higgins. Uh, I think it's uh, Interstate Towing. It's night nationwide. Yeah, big, big, big 379 Peterbilt. Yeah, big uh, shout out to Scott Higgins. Um, he sent a guy out to try and clear the code, you know, and that didn't work. So they had a bigger tow truck, but they were coming to Kansas City. But he pulled me up to the, you know, the bizarre uh, cattle crossing, the big pens yeah. where they, they take a bunch out of that uh, that huge ranch that's right there off the turnpike. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that's where I, I was about three miles from that. So he pulled me. So he hooks a chain. I've got my truck, my 42-foot Logan Coach trailer, which is not light. We have a chain, about a 10-foot chain hooked to his truck. He's pulling me 52 miles an hour. And I... <laughs> I am I am scared to death because this guy. You are in the truck. I'm in the truck. Well, yeah, I got to drive my truck. It's in neutral. You know, he's pulling me up to up to the to the to the exit with the cattle pen, uh, so I can get off the interstate. I sat on the side of the interstate for an hour and a half. And if anybody sat on the side of the interstate, the trucks go by and your your vehicle moves when they're especially we're going there 80 85 miles an hour. And I'm not joking. Anybody who drives a Kansas Turnpike knows everybody hauls ass on it. Very few cops that I've ever seen, at least. Anywho. We get up there, but it was 52 miles an hour he got up to, and I am less than 10 foot behind him with a chain <laughs> with a truck and a 42-foot trailer. Yeah. Scared <laughs> the shit out of me. I'm like... Could you not, could you not give him the like, back off deal with your hand out the window? Like, hey, oh, man. This guy needed to go. He was leaving for Shreveport in the morning, so he needed to get out of there, apparently. So, anyway... Got got in the truck with old Mike. Uh, Mike used to team pen a bunch, so I got to learn about Mike, the tow truck driver's uh, history with horses, which was great. Uh, so had that going, and my brother, anyway, it's still in there. Well, you, they can't even but, figure out what's wrong with it, JR. That's not well, reading the, the codes. You know the thing that'll piss you off, though? Like, I don't care if you like a Dodge or, or a Ram or a Ford or a Chevy. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of vehicle you have. Once you break down, all your friends that have a different kind of vehicle want to tell you how stupid you are. Oh yeah, have that's you, what you get for having one of those Dodges. You know, that's what that's what the other day when I was like, "Hey, does anybody know what this is?" Yeah, it means you're ready for a Ford. Well, <laughs> you, you know what? I had a Ford, and it would break down. You know, like my uncle Tommy, I call uncle Tommy, and I'm like, "Hey, my truck broke down." He goes, "Well, you know what Ford stands for, oh, don't yeah. you?" Oh yeah, fix, fix or repair daily. Found on road, dad. So, like, <laughs> thanks, Uncle Tommy. I've got my triplets, my wife. It is a hundred degrees, and I'm going forty mile an hour down I twenty five. At least you, you know? could move. And I'm thinking, you know, I so I put on Snapchat. Hey, does anybody know what this means? Next thing you know, my phone blows up. It's an older gentleman from Abbeville. He said, "Hey, my son showed me your Snapchat." I know what's wrong. 
I'm like, sweet, what is it? You bought a Ram truck. You know what? Right now is not the time for your damn joke. I uh, know. But well, uh, I, I got I yeah. uh, it. Was, it was pretty amazing. Um, I put on Facebook, need help, side of the road, you know, because I had to have somebody take my trailer to Emporia because they couldn't tow the truck and the trailer, apparently. Anywho. So, because you have to take out the drive shaft, drive train, something in the back axle of the truck because you don't want it going through the transmission. I don't, frick, I don't know. Anywho. So, uh, actually, uh, after we just trashed them, Jesse Pope and Tim O'Connell, after they were, you know, trashing us on Instagram, <laughs> they actually found a ride. A guy came from the sale barn and grabbed my trailer and took it to the Emporia sale barn, and my brother went and got the next day. But I had a ton of people. Uh, calling and and uh, texting and and uh, Facebooking all that stuff. So a huge, huge shout out to uh, Rodeo family. Uh, they responded diligently and quickly and got it taken care of. So thank you, all of you out there. We love you. Uh, but you know, it's it's really good that they let you ride in the truck when once he was able to tow. Yeah, I wanted to get back in that sleeper because my I didn't think about it. That guy came and I found out after my tra- my after he was already on the way. Now my, it was going to be two hours before there, so I had a trailer with a generator and a slide out and a couch and a bed, and so I, I that, but that was leaving in twenty minutes, so I had to sit in my truck, which would barely idle, but at least I could get AC because again they were getting heat warnings. It was a hundred and like four degrees, so but I had AC and but I did grab six beers, and uh, I drank beer in my truck until the tow truck got there, and then I wanted to but, get in the sleeper, but he went. No, out. that's a big no no. Like I. That's that should be no for anybody, but in a tow truck in Kansas, they're not supposed to let you ride in the truck now because of COVID. Oh shoot! So you you should just be kissing his ass. He lets you up in the old shotgun seat. Well, you know, Mike's a really nice guy, but I don't think I want to kiss his ass. I uh, I did hear a good new trucker term the other day for a person that hauls pigs. What's you ready that? for this? <laughs> Please, ham jammer. Ham jammer. All right. What, I, well, hey, so what do you call what do you call a guy a uh, trucker hauling a a car hauler? Uh, mobile parking lot. What do you call a guy with an empty flatbed trailer? Hauling sailboat fuel. <laughs> <laughs> I I went and drove a truck for Frontier right before the fourth, and I'm gonna tell you what Frontier Rodeo Stock Contractor of the Year, Pete Stewart, big stupid. They've got the most bomb-ass trucks. I mean, flat-top, brand-new Peterbilts, and I got to do me some big-time Jimmy Big Rigging, and it was awesome. So I, I just want to reach out to everybody. I'm trying to come up with a handle because I don't want to use my name Rump or Rump Shaker. I need my own personal CB handle. All right, there we go. So put it on uh, Facebook or Instagram, your Justin Rumper trucker name. Hashtag or at Rump Chat. Yes. Well, where, wherever you're moving to, Jr. Come back. I'm losing you. Oh, I'm sorry. I moved. There you I go. Uh, Ty Ty Campbell from Pendleton, Oregon. Well, Athena, Oregon. You know he has tripping steers and on uh, the Pendleton Rodeo Committee. He is one of my new favorite guys because he is one of the only other guys that also will just randomly send pictures listening to Motley Crue trucking. Uh, there's a, oh shoot. 
I've got a lot of good tractor Motley Crew videos sent to me lately also, but now that harvest is over, it's kind of tuned out a little bit. So Yeah. Keep keep the videos coming. Um yeah. Harvest is over. I oh maybe we, well, wheat wheat okay. Wheat harvest. Gotcha. Yeah. Kansas wheat field farmers don't let's not go back to that. <laughs> All right. So uh let's take a little gold buckle beer break and happy to announce that we have re-upped with Gold Buckle. They are continuing their sponsorship, and we thank them very much. So we'll be right back. Hello, hello. Welcome. It is the 45th edition, I do believe, of Rump Chat. Things are going yeah. great. Making it through. Sorry, we're got to get more diligent, which is okay, because uh, we will be on it now. We got our shit together, somewhat. No promises. Anywho. But, uh, but we are. We will be together in Sykeston. We're going to get some knocked out at the world's greatest party. Yeah, Sykeston, Missouri. Sykeston, Missouri. Wish you were going to be in Sydney, but you know what? That's just fine because we got the old Rob Dog. He'll be uh, Robbie Hodges. He'll be in there uh, doing his thing. But anywho, but uh, stop, speaking of Sydney, and and you know, uh, we got videos of uh, <laughs> the pea shed. And for those of you who drank beer back at Clown Camp behind uh, the North Grandstand, know all about the pea shed. But it's peeing in public, and and uh, we were just talking about peeing in public. Yeah, because I had quite the thing happen to me the other day, right? So in in Cody, uh, I don't stay at the rodeo grounds, right? I stay at this really beautiful campground called the Ponderosa. So I think, you know, no matter if you're a city guy, a country guy, men generally like to pee outside. Would you agree with that? Oh, it's a rite of passage. It's a no, not like, a rite of passage. It's a rite. It's a manly right you have. And I know uh, for our lady fans, a lot of ladies are like, oh, you know, that's gross. Don't be outside. Well, like, you know, I've told a lot of my truths on here. And another part of my truth is I love to pee outside. I'd rather pee outside. I just, I feel more natural peeing outside. So I'm at this beautiful campground and I'm back like my trailer is in the trees. I'm not by anybody, right? So I get up one early morning and I go back there and I pee and all of a sudden an elderly Asian lady walks around the back of the trailer. Okay. She walks, I'm, we're 10 foot away and she's looking at me right in the eye. Oh, it's so small. It's so small. No, I'm looking at her right in the eye and I just continue to pee and she continues not to move <laughs> because at this point I'm thinking I can't stop. It stings. But she did not move. And so, you know, after probably, it felt like probably 14 minutes, but probably after like two seconds, I like kind of stopped peeing. 
but I already knew I was caught. So I just kind of turned around and she just stood there. And I'm not kidding you. Like she just stood. Well, maybe stood she, there. maybe she likes what she, you know, she, she liked what you had, you know, what you offered. There. No, it was, it was early in the morning. It was cold. So that's two things that don't help a chubby white guy. But like, <laughs> so I, I got done and I said, have a good day. And she says, you too. And then she just took back off walking. <laughs> but have you ever done that? Like, I think no. probably every guy. No, no I've not, not had an the, Asian lady stare at me when elder. I peed. But like, have you ever done that where you need to pee and you're like at a rodeo or some kind of deal and you're like, you found the perfect spot where you don't think nobody can see you and you go over there in a split second, you start peeing like, oh yeah, some some people that you graduated high school with just show up out of nowhere oh, and just stare at your wiener. Yeah, no, well, no, no, I haven't been stared at, thank goodness, but uh, you know, I've had whipped it out had to pee real bad and then like a family of four you know here comes stacy and jason and braxton and uh with two x's and one oh yeah and and uh you know i don't know some girl's name you know Brittany. and here uh and and they're just like and you're oh god and then you got to move and then you pee on your boot and oh your hand that- and the worst time I ever got caught, though, was at Omaha at the tour finale when I was stock contracted. Do you remember the story? I had to take a doo-doo pretty bad. <laughs> so I was going to do it in Chad Committee's trailer. Oh, in his stock. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So I was just going to go take a dump in the front of his stock trailer, <laughs> his 34-foot trailer that he hauls bulls in. Not a living quarters trailer. Just a regular trailer. <laughs> so I told Will O'Connell, I got to take... Worst person you could have told. Worst person you could have told. Do you remember this? No. Remember this? No, I don't remember it. I said, I said, Will, I need you to, you know, if somebody's coming around the corner, holler at me. Well, this is when all that stuff was going on at Omaha during our starving. Well, these three chicks that have been at the beer garden come around the corner. They had to go clear around to the front to to get in because, you know, we were at the stock entrance. So they're like, oh, my God, I got to pee so bad. And the girl goes, let's just go in this trailer. (laughs) And I hear this. And at the time I hear it, Will doesn't say a word or even try to stop him. Why would you? I wouldn't. (laughs) I should try to get Will on the phone about that. So anyhow, I'm in there, like, squatted down in the front, like, in the corner where you can kind of, like, use the side of the trailer to help stabilize you. You know, and you do the cheek pull, so it cut. And everybody's got a mental picture right now. Everybody's well, mental picture. Everybody's done it. I don't care who you are. If you're in the agricultural business, if you're in cattle, if you're in farming, if you have anything to do with agriculture, you'll you've taken a dump in a place where you dumps don't usually happen. Whether except, that be except a, sheep trailers are kind of little, <laughs> hog trailers are a little low. Depends if you uh, if you have to go bad enough. That's so true. Will never said a word. These poor girls swing the back door open to that trailer, and there I am. <laughs> there I am. And they didn't. Even, they didn't. Even sh- you look sh- like a you look like a dog in the yard, all humped up with with one hanging out. <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. I'm sorry, everybody. You got to quit moving, Jr. You're you're, you're you're hey you're 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 dropping out on us again, bud. I'm sorry, but it, it is disgusting. But you know what? That's 
life is disgusting. You know. Yeah, you're. You agree? Yes, life is disgusting, and so is your service. Well, all right, guys. Well, I tell you what. Uh, here coming up after the Gold Buckle Beer Break, we are going to, you know, probably have, if not the biggest guest, top two, uh, we of all time here on Rump Chat. We have the eight-time world champion bull rider Donnie Gay coming up in just a second. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Rump Chat, Jr. I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited. About Me this. too. This is this a good day for Rump Chat. A it good is. guest for our one coming back. It is, and and we're blessed to. I'm blessed to get to work with him here in Spanish Fork, and and got to be uh, pretty good friends with uh, a legend. Um, and uh, well, what do we need to know? He's got eight world championships. He's done uh, probably more for the sport of bull riding than anyone in the history of bull riding. Like it, love it, or leave it. And uh, so we're happy to have the Donnie Gay with us. How you doing, brother? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I'm still just a little bit nervous. <laughs> so you know, b- b- between <laughs> you two, you and Rump, and then you. Uh, educating me on how you do your dongle. Um, our, I, I, I didn't know what that was. I need to explain to our audience. Well, I probably yeah, don't. That they, sounds weird. They understand. <laughs> you know, when, when you're uh, so I'm knocking stuff over. So uh, everybody knows, most of our audience knows the dongle, right? It goes from your lightning end of your iPhone because iPhones just, I guess, are against a, a quarter or eighth inch headphone jacks. And so it goes, you know, into it's a little connection, right? little white two inch piece. That's the only thing I was missing after all this setup. But he because keeps my saying, life is spread out across the world. And I asked Donnie if he's got a dongle, and he looked at me like that was insane. <laughs> sitting there, you know, and he's going, you know, it's just little, you know, it's a little two inch, and, you know, and it's, I'm just going, a little white come on, I, you know, I don't know if this you is seen a me in joke the shower or, or what? not. <laughs> Donnie's like, my dongle's bigger than two inches. <laughs> no, I'm not going there. I just, I'm just not going there. <laughs> So anyway, uh, like I said, we're in Spanish Fork, Donnie, of course, uh, part of Frontier Rodeo Company. Been a great, we've had Extreme Bulls, started the rodeo last night, it was awesome. Um, so everything's going good there. Of course, Donnie's on the mic during the rough stock events, and then he goes and smokes his cigar during the time events. You know, it, it's the greatest gig ever. Yeah. You know, I'm just, it just is. In Spanish Fork, the committee here has been, uh, I mean, they've done yeoman's work to mm-hmm. be able to have this rodeo. Um, under the circumstances that we're all dealing with, and uh, it's just fun. Yeah. So, uh, well, let's get into it. Um, hey, wait, before we start, can I tell a smoking story about Donnie Gay before we get started? Oh, no. I would love that. <laughs> At Arcadia, Florida, when I was just driving a truck for Frontier Rodeo Company, just a truck driver, not a clown yet. So I'm standing in front of the tack trailer smoking a cigarette before one of the perfs. Donnie, <laughs> Donnie walks up, and I'm in my Frontier Rodeo shirt, and and Donnie walks up and says, hey, it don't look good to be standing around smoking that cigarette. So I said, okay. So a little while later, <laughs> I thought Donnie wasn't looking. I slip around the other side of the semi during the rodeo. And all of a sudden, here Donnie shows up and gets after me for smoking that cigarette. So later on <laughs> that day, I go, there's a, a an old stage at the old Arcadia Rodeo Grounds. And there's some bathrooms, but it's way back off the beaten path. It's not close to the arena. I walk around back there. There's not a soul for miles. I light up a cigarette, and Donnie comes walking out of those bathrooms. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that was the last time I smoked at a Frontier Rodeo. <laughs> I was in the bathroom rodeo. smoking <laughs> yeah, my, my high school days. <laughs> <laughs> smoking in the boys' room. That's so right. now we can get into it. No, that's that's <laughs> that's great. Uh, so uh, obviously, uh, son of a Hall of Famer, a legend, uh, Mr. Neal. Um, two brothers, Jim and Pete. Uh, Pete is a Hall of Famer in, in so many different ways, in, in my opinion. Um, I I feel like I know Pete, but only through the stories. I've been around Pete, you know, not a huge conversationalist. If he doesn't really know you, which I, I don't, but uh, through the stories, Josh Edwards and and uh, uh, a lot of the family, um, I love the, the Pete the Pete stories and I want to get into those, but, uh, you know, growing up in that family, I mean, how many rodeo was that your life? I mean, did you, did you, I mean, did you even go to high school or were you homeschooled <laughs> or what, you know what I mean? On the road or both school, we, we went to public school and, uh, basically around our family, there was, uh, not very many, uh, rules and, and, but what there were weren't bent at all. Um, first thing was is boys y'all are going to graduate from high school if I have to handcuff myself to you and sit through every class you are going to graduate from high school and give your mama your diploma after that I don't really care yeah <laughs> you know basically and um, we didn't know we didn't have any money uh, my dad worked his rear end off uh, making a making a living and um, uh, we moved two or three times from one lease place to another, and we moved to Terrell, and he got in the cow business and went broke in the cow business. And mm. this is all while uh, the Mesquite Rodeo is uh, soldiering on. Started out every Saturday night, April through September, and then went to Friday and Saturday night, April through September. Um, this started in 1958, and I was five years old. So I grew up literally in the rodeo arena. Uh, Dad's partner was Jim Shoulders, mm -hmm. uh, and a guy named Ira Akers uh, was a, a college uh, champion and it, just a great guy. But I was never around anybody between Jim Shoulders, Ira Akers, Dude Smith. Um, I was never around uh, many adults that weren't rodeoing for a living and uh, you know with Jim still winning in the uh, late 50s and early 60s uh, that's how we kept the rodeo afloat uh, my dad was the managing director and ran the rodeo every week and Jim was would come when he wasn't up somewhere and uh, I just grew up uh, yeah. working for them and so it basically just an extended family uh, what was all, all Jim shoulders yeah I what was Jim Shoulders like to to hang out with back in his day? Jim Shoulders, uh, if 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 he were um, a young man now, he'd be in a fight every fifteen minutes. <laughs> really, every, every fifteen. Yes. Minutes. Why? Why? Just um, opinionated or very opinionated. Um, his uh, personality was uh, brusque. To say that, to say Brusque. the least, I, I, I'm trying not to make up words here. <laughs> Brusque, but, but uh, we need to use uh, that with Boyd. He he was, uh, you know, so abrupt. I mean, like when he would kick you in the shins if you were wearing tennis shoes while you were labor listing and whatever, and uh, didn't have your cowboy boots on. Uh, he'd kick you in the shins and say you got your high tops on, and but he wouldn't kick you in the shins, just bump you. 
he'd make your shins bleed. He'd kill oh, the crap out shit. of you, and and you know, and and just smile. And and uh, because he was uh, basically the king of rodeo, nobody ever said anything back to him. Uh, uh, you know, you may have to bleep me, but. Uh, no, go I'm, for I'm, it. I'm standing in in the lobby talking to Jim at uh, the, uh, one of the Boyd Gaming uh, hotels uh, in Vegas, uh, and this was, uh, you know, maybe uh, just ten years ago, um, just before he passed away. Uh, we're standing in the lobby, people walking around, and everybody said, you know, how hey, people walk up and say, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, shake your hand, maybe, mm-hmm. and you know, and going by, you know, standing, you know, not causing a traffic jam or whatever. And this guy walked up and said, "Hey, Jim Shoulders, how are, how are you?" And and he's a walking on, and Jim just looked at him. The guy had his hand stuck out, and Jim's just looking at him, going, "Well, you don't give a shit." <laughs> You know, just, I mean, just as matter of fact, and that old guy had the, the most blank look on his face as he kept right on walking. And I, I looked at Jim, and he looked at me, and he could see the incredulous look that's on my face. And he goes, well, he didn't. He was going to continue walking on by. Even if I, you know, if I was going to tell him how I was doing, he wasn't going to listen. <laughs> you know, I, you know. So that's why I mean, he would offend somebody every three minutes. Wow! But uh, you know, when he said, did he help in your early bull riding career? Like when you were around there. First lesson in positive thinking. Now you can, you know, in all this politically correct climate that that we have, we're, uh, not, we're not on this show. So go for it. You have to, you know, you know, me and Gary Lefew and Larry Mahan, positive power, positive thinking. You know, we started advertising that. Well, back in the day, uh, positive thinking was uh, shoulders would say, well, if you don't think you can do something, it's pretty near sense you ain't gonna. So that's positive thinking just in said in reverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's just the way he was. Uh, you know, he liked, uh, you know, uh, a lot of things, but uh he and my dad were of the very same ilk uh that's a good excuse but it's still an excuse yeah and that's where we are today everybody is gonna wanna or shoulda coulda but and they all say but yeah but and yeah but is a it should be a new pc word exactly that's just the precursor to a really good excuse yep. on what it what it really is uh, you know so um i grew up you didn't halfway rob the bank you either did or you didn't yeah well who who was uh you know you know so much you know more than anybody about bull ride uh we've all grown up listening to you i mean i feel like i could teach somebody to ride a bull just by listening to you it would be a really really terrible experience for that person but you know i mean uh those not, who, not really those things i say in in six second sound bites and stuff that, that's the absolute truth and i i talk to you know these guys that are riding today uh, and basically what the conversation always boils down to is is hey man You've been riding bulls, you know, for 10 or 15 years, and you've been a pro for five years. You've been, you know, you've made some just some great rides. If you've ever made one good ride in your life and you remember what that feels like, then trust your instincts and go do it. Stop thinking about it because the minute you think or the minute you think you're going to do a drill, uh, you're already behind. 
just yeah. trust your instincts. It's just like you punching the buttons on uh, for the next song up. You didn't really read where it was at. You just hit the button uh, because you trust your instincts, and mm -hmm. it comes off. And that's the way you ride bulls. That's the way you hit a baseball. That's the way you hit a golf ball. Same thing. It's got to be, well, I think, uh, so much natural ability. No. You, you don't, you don't, you don't think that it's naturally, no, I mean, it's like nothing, your instincts, though, is natural, there's though. There's nothing natural about bull riding. Well, you know, that, that probably uh, whoever, is true. Whoever decided to get on the first one, uh, you know, was... Uh, Insane. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if he had a beer, you had to hold it, you know? Um, <laughs> but, so who, so who, who'd you look up? I mean, where did, who taught you? Who taught you how to ride bulls, or are you self-taught just by doing it? just by just by doing it you can't uh, uh, you know there's not a bunny slope or a batting cage for bull riding you know when you get on uh, <laughs> when you get on you're riding bulls yeah so whether it's your first one or your millionth one um my dad and jim shoulders they all rode freckles brown dude smith i mean all these guys are around uh, but then i'm i'm watching guys every saturday at mesquite rodeo there's guys like harry tompkins uh, tony haber uh, i mean just just david glover freddie greer all these guys are riding and i you know and i watch them but what i watched most was the bulls they all have their unique distinct personality individually how they walk how they walk up to the feed trough will give you some insight on what they're going to do when they jump out of the chutes you can you know uh, throw the feed sack at them and watch them scatter and see which one you know is a little lighter on his feet they're all different uh, but you develop bull sense and that that's what after i got to really winning um, and and really believing that I was going to win more than Jim Shoulders did, which was my goal, to be the world champion bull rider. I had no idea that I was going to be eight times. I just knew I was going to be world champion bull rider and had no idea what I was going to do after that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to be bull, world champion bull rider forever. And, and that's just the way I approached it. Um, but it's, it's bull sense. You get on. Uh, don't make excuses. You try as hard as you can try, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But you know, uh, you got to have you you got to have a real short memory and uh, realize that everything that you've done is in the rearview mirror. Yeah. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. So when you're talking about try, you know, and I've noticed that uh, Prescott, we had like 105 bull riders. They rode seven. The other night here we bucked what fifty? Fifty two bulls and, and they rode nine or eight. And a lot of them were about one point seven. So I'm noticing when, that when, when I don't it, have time to get a word out before you bucked off, you didn't try very hard. <laughs> I'm telling you, didn't try what, very hard. What, That's all I'm what is you. it? I mean, the bull power. Don't get me wrong. The other night was was insane between Frontier and Dylan uh, Page. Dylan Powder Page I mean, it, Powder River. Yeah, and, it was. And, and it was. Are, it was sticky or steep but I, i'm so i'm taking that in consideration but and i'm not a bull rider but i've seen a lot of bull riding i mean it's it's they're not even to the end of the gate 
it it uh, it's amazing but there's a lot of guys that uh, win a lot of money that are not bull riders in my estimation i would not embarrass them and say that in nope, front of anybody wouldn't ask you to and you know wouldn't id them because they know who they are sure they they don't love bull riding they love money what a great time it is right now to be a bull rider your ability means everything in my day and the bulls were i thought you know pretty good uh the rank ones they're just like the rank ones of today yeah but today there's no bottom end the bottom end today is going to get you if you just ride the bottom end you're going to the national finals rodeo um, and then you're going to ride, if, if you're if you're lucky, you're going to ride uh, three out of ten. These guys are not riding sixty percent of their bulls, and and uh, that's the bull rider's fault. Uh, because if you're in the right spot, first jump, all you got to do is sit there and not let prosperity get do, you. Do you think hmm. that? Hmm. Do you think that's that? Um, hmm. I, I wonder though if if so many of these guys don't try because there's so many big money events. Like, if they get in the jam, they just bail off because they can go somewhere tomorrow for, you know, $10,000. Like, from back in the day, there wasn't that many big events. But now, there's bull riding in every corner that's 6000 a, 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 a good win back in the day, in, in, in my day, as a, a lot of days back, uh, but a good win was $600. And, wow. And, and if you're paying for making a house payment uh, and you're traveling and you've got a family, uh, you have to win – uh, at least four of those six hundred dollar uh, wins in a week to make your payments, and you know. So mm. that, I mean, mm. I was I was getting on at one hundred and fifty rodeos a year. Good lord! And, and of hard and I, to ride, and not hooking, mean, not mean, no good son of a guns uh, that that would hurt you. Um, and my ability didn't mean anything when I rode those, but you rode them. And and tried as best you could to protect yourself, you know, to stay healthy. And there's so there's the argument of the guys not trying very hard. Well, you know, you're gonna go. I'm up at uh, Spanish Fork tomorrow, and so I didn't try very hard at Deadwood or blah blah blah. Not to name just the yeah, no, that's just what comes to mind. But uh, the 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 thing that that uh, that gets me is is uh, you know a guy will have his you know be hanging his head and you know. Uh, crying and moaning uh but if you're not putting out a hundred percent every time you get on whether you want to be there or not and there were a lot of times that i was at a rodeo and had a bull drawn that i did not want to get on but then again but you went and got on i i went not only did i go and get on i went ahead and rode that son of a gun you know and if i drew one that never been ridden and i i would just you know be my you know smart ass self and say hey that's because i ain't been on him yet <laughs> yeah you know and, and <laughs> sometimes it worked and then you know uh, i i told i told a, a stock contractor it uh, <laughs> and i was at a rodeo in in lafayette louisiana and uh uh, Black John Ackles had some bulls there they'd leased to James uh, Harper, who bought Steiner out. And he said, this red brimmer's never been ridden. And I said, well, stand back after you flank him. Don't get hair in your eyes. And, <laughs> and I, I, I had to get up. I had to get up where they could shut the gate. I looked like one of those guys we were talking about here at the bull riding. And, and I got up, and he said, he said, whose hair and whose eyes were you talking about? You know, my hair's down in my face, and I'm going, 
Okay, you know, so that's, that's one for you. You, you know, Donnie. <laughs> you know, Donnie. Like uh, I heard a wise guy say one time, a bull doesn't read your resume. So uh, if I mean, they if they I did, that, I, if they did, I wouldn't be retired. <laughs> yeah, man, with all this money up, good grief. You know, uh, yeah, and you, okay, real quick to 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 get off track here, the, we digress. But talking about that, being retired, how close were you to getting on? At the American, because there was that rumor that was you were going to come, yeah, come get, get on for what was it like a a million? Well, the million dollars, it was, right? It was a million dollars. It was the very first one, and and you know, of course, Randy Bernard and I weren't getting along great. I'd been we'll get into that later. I'd been released from the PBR telecast and this that and the other, and, and uh, but he asked me if I would uh, help promote the American, the very first one and come out to Texas to, or to, you know, Cowboy Stadium, AT&T and, and do a, uh, you know, a little commercial for him. I said, well, I said, I will. I said, you know, I said, this is the best idea that I've heard of since the national finals rodeo. I said, too bad. It was your idea, Randy. <laughs> I <laughs> you know, so, I, I mean, and, and yeah. we, we were speaking and I mean, you know, I'm all about, promoting something that uh, i think helps move rodeo forward not just bull riding and i was going to take exception to talking just strictly me doing stuff about bull riding it's about rodeo for me absolutely and bull riding is uh it's the tip of the spear without the tip of the spear you know you can throw a good spear and if it ain't got a tip on it um it ain't going in yeah you know that's that halfway rob the bank thing exactly so i go and do the promotion for him and i said uh and 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 I had been working out, and I was down uh, two pounds below riding weight, which was one fifty three. Oh, and I yes. was I was really getting ready, and I was almost sixty at the time. And uh, I, I said, uh, if you really want to sell some tickets, I said y'all will put me in the the final deal. And they said, well, you got to qualify for that. And I said, if you'll read my resume, I'm already qualified. <laughs> And, you know, they all laughed. And, and I said, no, really. I said, I, I said the requirements are going to be you pay me 200000 to get on. And I'll get on the last two. I knew what bulls were going to be in the last two. And they weren't going to be, you know, the, the asteroid or, you know, something uh, bushwhacker type mm -hmm. or bodacious type. And uh, they were just going to be some really bucking son of a guns. And in my mind, if you're in the right spot, uh, it'll be easy. And if you ain't in the right spot, it doesn't make any difference. If you're 20 years old, you ain't going to ride them. And I said, you pay me 200000 and I'm eligible to win the million. I said, uh, I'm your man. I'll help you sell some tickets. I said, I guarantee you, you'll make more, you'll sell more tickets than that 200,000 it's going to take to get me to come Oh, in. yeah. I said, because everybody in my family is going to be against it, <laughs> you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, especially so, Miss Terry. Yes. And, and, um, that was talked about, um, and they didn't call. And I got to tell you, I was really disappointed because at that particular time, um, I, I really felt like um, with just a little bit of luck, um, I could be really competitive, and and it, it, that was and that, that was just what I believed, and and I so I know that uh, I, I could have been competitive, and you know could have would have should have, but uh, it's unbelievable. At almost sixty, you you still had the confidence. 
and and that that's impressive. Because I watched I watched Jim Shoulder, and I, I believe I, you. I'm I, looking I, you in the I, eye. I, I believe you. I knew, you know, Freckles Brown rode Tornado. Uh, forty five years he's old, forty six, forty six. I saw Jim Shoulders. Didn't know he was up and was in the restaurant and saloon upstairs at Fort Worth, and, and thought he was up the next afternoon. And he was <laughs> up that particular night. He comes running down. He's in his dress clothes, borrowed a rope and a pair of spurs, no chaps, those slick tailored uh, uh, pants that he had on with a suit, and won the go round. And he was, you know, almost fifty. Uh, you know, I mean, this wow. in this in nineteen. It was in nineteen seventy anyway. That. However old he was, but it was in nineteen seventy because he and Harry Tompkins had had cracked back out and and entered some of the bigger rodeos. Wow, uh, you know, and uh, so that was a that was a cool time for me in 1970. I filled my permit in October at Waco. I split first and second in the bareback riding to fill my permit. I won $950 uh, on Teacher's Pet. Well, Harry Tompkins had rode her the first performance. I tied with Harry Tompkins in the bareback riding. That's my my bareback claim to fame. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, he is, and you've seen the picture, Rump. Donnie is. Uh, we don't have a at Sydney the Legion Club. It's a, I mean, it's, <clears throat> and we'll get into these stories coming up in a little bit. I, cause I love these stories, but uh, we don't have a picture of Don. There's old pictures of, of many legends that have rodeoed in Sydney, which there's been a lot, but there's not a picture of Donnie riding bulls in there. It's him spurring out on an old sorrow bareback horse, and he is giving it to. It's yeah. pretty. It's great. It's we a need, good I need to get it and have you sign it sometime, but. Uh, you know, Sydney, Iowa, uh, I got to go to it on my way home from the high school nationals in Filer, Idaho in 1971. I, I was still in high school, and I, I Pete picked me up at the airport at <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. I flew, i tell you how long ago that is, the airline that, that uh, I flew out to Filer on was, um, made the connection was, Trans Magic Airways. <laughs> That's a true story. But uh, I got to go and, and uh, got to stay in town in, in the Irwin's home. And my dad and Jim Shoulders and Dude Smith, they all roomed at, this, at their same, at the same family home. Really? She did our laundry. I mean, it was the greatest time. And, and, and Billy Minnick needed cowboys. And the reason that I got to go is because Billy called Daddy and said, if you'll let Donnie come here, we'll keep him out of trouble. Um, and, and Pete's already entered, but I want to, he's got to work three events and it was, the rodeo was 10 performances. Mm -hmm. We got five barebacks, three saddle broncs and two bulls for that 10 performance rodeo. So you were there the, the whole time. And, uh, you know, guys like Gary Tucker and all of them, they, they were all entered at the rodeo and I just felt like, you know, I didn't want to go back, but remember that rule uh, that I was going to graduate from high school. My dad said you can go to Sydney and then you're coming home. <laughs> you yeah. know, and yep. so I, I, right before school started, and before school started, and, and uh, so that was that was the deal um, in 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 my life. But I tell you, uh, rodeos like Sydney, Iowa, and uh, Russ's Tavern. Uh, wasn't old <laughs> enough to be in there, but I was in there. <laughs> well, I, well, I'm going to get into some of those stories when we get back. We're going to take a gold buckle beer break, but we'll be right back with the old 8X, Donnie Gay.
back. Yes, that was a good. Uh, that's a good little gold buckle. Pretty pretty excited that they uh, they re-upped with us because um, we need some money. So we're gonna reorder some Rump Chat merch, which you can get at RumpChat.com. I need to send some to Donnie. <laughs> I need to send you. Look good in a Rump Chat shirt. <laughs> some 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 gold from. Up, oh, you're breaking up. So. Here we go. Anyway, I want to get back to Sydney, uh, the story. So tell us one quick story. Oh, no. Yeah, the Legion Club, which, uh, you know, it's the bar that's 278 steps from the back of the buck and shoots to the Legion. And uh, tell. there's been a lot of stories that have happened in that. They call it the pit uh, is what my dad calls it. But uh, I've seen Frank Newsom uh, take on a bull rider or bullfight, bulldogger, sorry, there. Uh, didn't end up. Let's just say he wore sunglasses to the next perf. Uh, and uh, you kind of had a little incident. I, let's hear the story. Yeah, well, I, you know, my, my next perf was in Saxton, Missouri, and I needed a whole face mask. You know, <laughs> I just, I just barely lived over it. But uh, I'm coming out of the Legion Club because I, you know, of course, uh, I reached my limit fairly early, and I had to drive <laughs> from Sydney, Iowa, to Saxton, Missouri, by myself. Oh, you know, and uh, had a really good bull. Had black six of Steiners at Saxton, so I'm, I'm ready to go, go there and win the money. And so I'm walking out of the Legion Club. And there's a, a big guy that had worked uh, the corn dog stand in, in Cheyenne. Well, he weighed 440 pounds. He's a huge guy. <laughs> For, and and uh, I found out he had uh, inch-long fingernails. Because I'm walking to, oh God! I'm I'm walking out of the club, and somebody has told Corn Dog that I have spread some vicious rumors about him. <laughs> Let's just call him that. You know some of those stories. And I still don't know who set it up, but I'm walking out, and and I I just about had high corn dog out of my <laughs> mouth, and, and when he hit me, and I was probably ten paces from the door that I'd walked out of, and I landed about a pace in front of it. I mean, he hit me so mm. hard, and. I jumped up and I said, what the heck? And I mean, he's coming on the attack. I mean, when you got 440 pounds of blob coming at you, it, it's a little disconcerting to stay the least. So <laughs> so, we, so I went to doing the little banny rooster, you know, doing what I could do. And I, I was hitting him and and my and, and it was like hitting the Pillsbury Doughboy. My, my hands would disappear <laughs> and I knew I wasn't doing any damage. That was really disheartening to me. So anyway, uh, he knocks me down and he plops on top of me. This was difficult. This is where the fingernails come in. He's scratching all the hide off of my face. He's trying to poke my eyes out and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, this ain't going too good. I don't know how. I mean, I'm stuck to the ground. This guy's <coughs> laying on me. And I can't get him off. Well, all of a sudden, he just gets ripped up off of me. Well, it's my brother Pete. And, and if you've ever had him grab a hold of you, uh, when he does, it you, it moves. And he jerked him up off of me. He said, get up. He said, get up. Get back after it. And so he got him up. So I go back to my banny rooster, you know, I'm, pow, pow, pow with a you know, left jab, you know, all that. Pretty soon I'm back underneath this guy. So three times, Pete pulls him off of me. I am completely out of air. <laughs> I am almost out of hide on my face. And 
He said, keep punching. He said, you're doing really good. He said, you can take him. <laughs> and so the, so the third time he pulls him off of me, I said, Pete, will you hit this SOB? I cannot whip him. <laughs> you know, anyway, Corndog, he, he's out of air, too. And, and so we circle around, and I leave. I get in the car, and I'm driving. My face, is, you know, I got a, a towel, and I'm driving down the road. I don't have any disinfectant whatsoever. So I stop, get my shaving kit out, and I have Old Spice aftershave. Oh, oh, that's all. That's the only <clears throat> antiseptic I can think of. And I thought, well, well, this got to be it. So I dump a whole bunch. Of, I mean, yeah, I thought I was going to die, Whew. but it kept me awake. I wasn't sleepy going on to Saxon, Missouri. I drove all <laughs> night, got there, rode my bull, and then I drove home. And I walked in the front door. And it looked like I'd stuck my face through a recycle machine. And my daddy looked at me, and, he, and, and Pete was at home. He he didn't go to Saxton. He finished Sydney and, w- and went home, so he beat me home. And uh, Pete said, oh, he said, that's just from uh, skin up from the corn dog stand. You know, and, and I went, ha, ha, ha. And Pete said, Daddy said, y'all had a fight? And and I said, well, I had a little, little run in. And uh, I, I said, it didn't go real good and daddy said well pete were you there and he said yeah he said i kind of helped him a little bit he said i pulled him off of him three or four times <laughs> and daddy said well, yeah why i would he, be like help me out here pete. daddy yeah. said daddy said why didn't you knock him out pete and he goes i was afraid donnie started it <laughs> <laughs> and you're just trying to go to sykeston yeah you know somebody uh, well, so, one of the one of the few times in my life that i was innocent <laughs> do you think butch kirby Sent corn dog after you? Nah, <laughs> nah. I, you know, but that that's plausible. But uh. I, I still to this day I don't know. And uh, uh, but I, we were gonna have to have the rematch because my daddy wasn't having none of it. And I, uh, he come driving Sean Davis up to the rodeo in Gainesville, Texas, and corn dog uh, did. Yeah, and and so I went and got my my equalizer for that 440 pounds. I went and got uh, one of them iron shoot gate hooks that we had at Mesquite, and. Uh, I was going to go back and get retribution, and I walked around the trailer where he was at, and his feet were about two inches up off the ground. Pete had him by the by the neck, by the collar, and had him picked up against the trailer, and Corn Dog was crying, and I walked around the trailer, and he was crying, and and Pete just looked at me and he said, "Put that down and go away." He said, "He's fine now," and. I never, I never asked him what he said, what he did, you know, nothing. But man, I was, I was sure proud of my big brother, <laughs> Pete. That's I would not I, want Pete to have me picked up off the ground. No, no. I, I, Even I, today, you know. No. My, my, my brother was a Golden Gloves boxer, as my dad was. You know, I mean, and he, there's just something about that. He can hit you harder from six inches away than I can with a ball peen hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just, he, he, he can really fight. He really knows how to fight. Uh, but the thing about Pete is, is once he gets started, he really likes to. <laughs> <laughs> and that's he's, scary. And, and he's really good at it. And that's scary. Yeah. So what, uh, you know, talking about some, what other place, I mean, in, in I've been blessed to play golf with you and hear, hear some stories, but 
don't know. What was your place that you loved going? What was the one place uh, or a couple? I, it's always hard. People ask me what my favorite rodeo is. Well, there's so many different levels of them, you know, whether it's Houston or, or, or Sydney or something like that, well, you know. But You know, part of it's based on paydays. Sure. You know, what kind of track record you have of winning money and this, that, and the other. But, you know, there's so many good, you know, let's just call them great rodeos. But, uh, you know, Deadwood and Ellensburg, uh, both of those – the 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 setting and and mm-hmm. I, I always won money there and this that and the other and uh, but those two stick out in my mind. Of course, there's nothing better than winning Cheyenne Frontier Days. Um, but you know, every rodeo has its personality, and and when I've uh, been blessed to have drawn a good one and 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 did my job and won the money. Um, that was where I wanted to be, and it didn't really matter if it was a uh, hundred dollar added mesquite rodeo or if it was a thousand dollar added uh, Deadwood, South Dakota. Back then, th- those were the benchmarks. If it added a thousand dollars or more per event, then I was entered, and yeah. I didn't care if it was in Bakersfield, California, and I was going to Duluth, Minnesota the next night. And that was what's crazy because I remember I did this. Uh, a couple times this little rodeo great little rodeo but a really cool setting salmon idaho and i was talking about it and you oh yeah i went salmon idaho this one time i'm like you were in salmon idaho (laughs) you know and that's where bill cornell had a flying service uh, you know and and uh, probably the the most inhospitable terrain to fly Mm. little airplanes around and um, you know that's what he was uh, doing for a living you know the 63 world champion bull rider okay you know um so uh, there's just uh, that song i've been everywhere man you have uh, been. i have been yeah and and uh, been blessed to be able to do it yeah yeah uh jr are you there man that's awesome oh there you are yeah, oh, yeah. okay i thought you were there no i i just was i just was thinking about that like uh it's so true that these rodeos do have a personality and yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can uh, in, in your neck of the woods, you know, Bennington, Kansas, uh, Pretty Prairie, yeah, you know. Fort yeah. Madison. I mean, I, you go to, I, I'd go to, to Pretty Prairie from Reno, Nevada. People say, well, man, wow. that must have been a downer. And I'm going, uh, not when you got Tex in, Tex M, a Hoss Inman's, and you know you're going to win first if you do your job. You know, so I was ex- was as excited to be in Pretty Prairie, Kansas, as I was Reno, Nevada. Uh, you know, getting- what was your what was your rodeo rig back in those days like when you were going full tilt? What were you rodeoing in? Okay, most of the time, you know, the seventies. Uh, I had a I had a uh, I bought a brand new nineteen seventy five Cadillac sedan Deville. Uh, four door, four door, white leather tuck and roll interior, telescopic steering wheel where I could do the low rider with an eight track tape deck, you know, with Alice Cooper blaring. Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper, hell yes. yeah, that's awesome. We uh, school, but, uh, school was out for summer. Buddy. That's right, that's right. But you flew a lot of years, didn't well, you? A I, lot. I started flying in in uh, 1973. Uh, I was at the rodeo at Portland, and it was two weeks long. I was up the first performance and the last performance. And so I went down to a little town uh, called Aurora, Oregon, 
and met a guy named Joe Calber. He had blonde hair down to his belt. And just remember, this was in '73. This is the days of the hippies. Sure. And uh, yeah. And and he was the flight instructor, and uh, I started taking flying lessons there. And and uh, I flew every. I flew nine days in a row. Um, little almost an hour every day, um, and I I got my student pilot license uh, that's just a medical and you know physical and 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 i soloed in nine hours wow and uh, there in aurora oregon and then when i got home from the rodeo um i continued my flight lessons and uh, i got my i got my license uh, in the middle of 19 and in, in, in the first part of 1974 you only have to have 40 hours, and uh, and I bought an airplane. I bought a Cherokee 235 and, and uh, was going to rodeos. But when you don't have an instrument rating, you can't get anywhere on time. So that's a problem, rodeo. Yeah, a little and bit. so you're flying in weather that you ought not be flying in and this, that, and the other, and places where, you know, because a lot of times back then uh, a road map was, uh, was as good. A, that was about the only aeronautical charts you had to get to Assiniboia, a Saskatchewan, you know, from Mesquite, Texas. That's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, so. Do, do you think, do you think you would have won eight gold buckles without that plane? Because going 150 rodeos. I, I, I realized from getting out of school and making the finals in 72 and then 73 being runner-up to Bobby Steiner, going to all of these rodeos. I mean, airlines. I mean, I, I was uh, uh, I could have put any um, uh, travel agent to shame as far as making connections. I mean, when you can work uh, – uh, Pendleton, Oregon, and Western Massachusetts in the same day, you can do something, buddy. That's and rare. and uh, and I've done it. I I were I I rode at Hartford, Connecticut on Saturday night, and Ephrata, Washington on Sunday afternoon. I had to cry on the Hertz lady's desk because she wasn't going to rent me a car because I wasn't old enough. Wow! And so she rented me a car. I got me a rental car. I drive down, I make it to Ephrata, Washington. Jim Shoulders is there. He's the, the hero and signing autographs. He pulls my rope on this bull, and he threw me off so fast. It was one of those mm-hmm. get up, Donnie, you know, where you can <laughs> shut the gate. Kind Walk of thing. the shoe. I'm, I'm, I'm laying there, and I'm gasping for air, and Jim Shoulders looks down and says, well, I see you got your old lick back. You know, I mean, he just was that way. I mean, a bull threw me off at one of his rodeos across at Arkansas, and, I mean, hooked me all over the place. I mean, we had people, you know, just screaming and hollering, cheering. They were just loving it. I'm getting hooked all over the arena. I get up. I got sand. I mean, it's so hot in CrossFit, and I'm sweaty, and I got sand all over me. And Jim rides up, and he hands me $5 and says, thanks for making my bull look so good. (laughs) Old Did school stock dollars. Old school. Yeah, they gave me contractor. five bucks, man. <laughs> well, uh, so explain to me, and uh, I could be murdering this fact or not. Uh, the money. Now, when you got to the finals, wasn't the world championship, or it was like that for a few years, where it was just the money. Whoever won the finals, that was won the, the world. Three years of sudden death. Okay. Yeah. So that was seventy six, seventy seven, and seventy eight. Uh, I opposed the change. Um, uh, Nobody liked it, but but it was it was supposed to create more excitement for the fans, and and we'd get more television. Well, it did neither. 
the excitement comes from what they're watching that performance. Uh, the world championship, in my mind, is supposed to be the guy that can win the most money under the most uh, different set of circumstances, including what you win at the national finals rodeo. And that's the way I thought. Yep. But they changed it, and in 1976, I set another money-winning record. Um, had the world no, – you couldn't win enough at the national finals to catch me. Yeah. And, and so that was one of the points that, that uh, detractors, you know, always pointed out. And so I won it – in 76, I won the most money, which is the PRCA championship, and then I won the national finals, which was the world championship. And then in 1977, I set another money-winning record, and I wound up tied at the end of uh, the rodeo at the NFR. They didn't have a tiebreaker uh, set up in the ground rules. John Davis was one of the judges, and he said, well, you know, should we just uh, call it a draw? And I said, hell no. I said, let's. Uh, I said we got four re-rides back there. I said let's just draw from them, and me and me and Randy Majors were tied. I said let's just ride it off. Whoever bucks off first loses, and that's what they decided to do. So they drew two bulls, and I drew eleven of Dale Halls, and Randy Majors drew sixty-seven of uh, Butler and Son, and Randy went first. He bucked off, and Dale Hall's bull didn't buck very good. It scattered out through there about six seconds and then finally turned back, which was a good thing because when he turned back, he about threw me out of the arena. Uh, but I hung up just long enough to make the whistle, and so I won the only ride-off that we've had in wow. PRCA history. But I won it both ways, won the PRCA and the ride-off, the NFR. And then the next year, I set another money-winning record for the most money, but I won second behind Butch Kirby at the NFR and Butch the world champion. And so my response was, is we got a great world champion, just not the right one. And, and <laughs> that, that's, I mean, and, and that, that's how I said it. But it doesn't make any difference what, you know, what I think. You know, I thought, you know, guy wins the most money plus what you win at the finals is the world champion. That's the right one. But under the guidelines, it's kind of like these stinking masks today. If you got to wear a mask to go in and go eat, and that's what you want to go eat, put on a damn mask and go in there and eat, and then take it off when you go yeah. home or do whatever you want to do. But that that was the that was the scenario. But it uh, they changed it back in 1979, and they they did one other different thing in 1979. The only year they did this, most people don't know it, but they had a set payoff from first to fifteenth. Everybody was going to get a check. So first paid fifteen thousand dollars. First paid fifteen thousand dollars, and and uh, uh, that's the biggest win. Uh, still, I've won fifteen thousand dollars twice. I won it that year at the NFR, and I won uh, fifteen thousand at uh, uh, the Copenhagen Gold Superstars deal that Walt Garrison had in Fort Worth. The two biggest wins of my entire career, fifteen. Fifteen thousand. That's the biggest win, and you know the Copenhagen deal. It didn't count for points. Sure, but it did. I borrowed, it, I borrowed fourteen thousand on Friday night. I won fifteen thousand on Saturday night, and went back and paid the fourteen thousand off for an for an airplane that I bought uh, on Monday morning, and uh, <laughs> ba- the banker said. 
Uh, I'll extend you credit about any time. Yeah. <laughs> Pay you back when I win. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. I, I didn't know that. See, that's always hurting. And we always, uh, you know, guys like Boyd always ride old poor old Butch, you know, and he takes it good. But he always says that. Uh, you Butch, know, Kirby, the 19, Butch Kirby is the 1978 world champion yep. bull rider. And and I, I've, I've never, and I think Butch knows this, uh, you know, I respect him and, and, and it wasn't there, against there him. Is, it was the, against the process. There, there was, there, there was and is no asterisk behind his name. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's like if Sage Kimsey uh, wins the world this year, it will be no asterisk behind his name. You win the world by winning the most money, uh, by beating everybody else under the same set of circumstances. So, speaking of Sage, and you've probably been asked this, I don't know, but him, you in your prime, he's in his prime. I kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so so it just all that does is make it double up on the golf course now which yeah. is where we get to compete but uh, you know in in all in all seriousness um you know that's like saying um uh, i believe mohammed ali was the greatest boxer ever okay so uh, my, there's mike tyson guys and, mm-hmm. and, and you know uh, but you it's whatever it is in that area it's who you like uh, you can't pick one. You pick ten of your favorites, and and they all go in that. Uh, I, I I get embarrassed a little bit about this greatest of all time stuff. Well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, if Jim Shoulders um, didn't uh, have the mesquite rodeo uh, hanging around his neck and and uh, making that thing go. Uh, how many more world titles would would he have uh, been? You know, Harry Tompkins said, you know, I'm the nine-time world champion. He said, but what I really say is, is I'm the guy that kept Jim Shoulders from being 22-time world champion. So uh, th- there's all of those uh, equations, but uh, in my mind, Sage Kimsey's uh, he's te- he's technically uh, better than any bull rider going on the planet today. Um, by a pretty good margin he rides bulls um great but he processes all of the distractions uh better than i ever thought about doing i mean there's so many more distractions today than there there was when i was rodeo and it's not even funny there's no comparison yeah so tell me okay so you got to pick and this is a it's kind of thrown on you. It might be hard. Five guys. You got a team. So you're of all time. Of all time. Wow. That's pretty quick. Okay. Yeah, I see. That that might be something you have to think on. That's okay, that's kind so, of tough. So, that's a lot of years. So me and me and Jim Shoulders. Um, and then I'm going to say, oh, boy. Um, it's hard. I put you on the spot. Well, I would I would put I, even I, just McBride in there. I, I'm no he he don't he don't make the he don't make the, the this this cut. He'll make yours. No, okay. Yeah, uh, I asked him, not you, Rump. Shut up. Um, oh, what? Well, no, but I, you know, <laughs> and, and this is why you can't pick one guy. And, and, and it, you're right. So, you're exactly right. Or or nobody's right or nobody's wrong. We'll probably ought to be a song about this. But you know the 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 me and Jim Shoulders. Uh, uh, and then I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I want uh, Adriano Marais on my team. 
Um, and then I'm going to say I want Glenn Bird on my team. Who? Glenn Bird. Glenn Bird. Do you know who Glenn Bird is, Rump? I, I can't remi- I remember okay, the so, name, but so, I have so no clue. I've never heard of Glenn Bird. He's the IRA bull riding champ. Of, I think he won it five or six times. Huh. Um, you, you've, if, if, you, if you never got to see him ride, you're thinking, my gosh. You know, I, the, the guy was, you know, he was um, – in, in 1970, um, everything was about Larry Mahan, you know, and winning the all-around, and he won two world championships in the bull riding. Uh, but uh, nobody wanted to match Glenn Bird. Nobody. Hmm. <laughs> Mahan, any, any of the guys, you know. But um, uh, there, there's just so many guys. Um, but then I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, say Tough Heatman and Jim Sharp are gonna be on my team, and and uh, that's not based on how many titles you win. That's based on um, what I have witnessed myself, not secondhand information on how they try and how they make the whistle when it really means something. You know, a lot of guys can ride. Uh, but when you have to ride that one, like in the ride-off, uh, you just somehow somehow it works out that you get to do it. What that is, what it is, I have no idea what it is. Yeah. But there's some guys that get it done and some guys don't. You know, I mean, I, I don't uh, personally like Tom Brady, uh, but you know what? <laughs> Six <laughs> you, world championships. You, you, you look at. Uh, when he had to make a first down, he made a first down. When he had to make a touchdown, he made a touchdown. When he only needed a field goal, he made a field goal. Uh, so he didn't kick it, you know. But blah blah blah. Um, th- those would be those would be my picks just right off the air, and uh, you know, and and to your point, Justin, on any performance, my five guys, uh, we all got bucked off, and Justin McBride spurred one in the neck like he could do. You yeah. Know, so I mean that—that's just the way our business is. Um, it, it's based on one bull at a time. And remember what I said: one world championship, eight world championships. You know, when they hand you that buckle, you're actually the former world champion. Now you got to go do it again. Yep. You're up on top of that yeah. mountain. This is the t- this is the toughest part. Nobody ever talks about. You climb that mountain, you work your tail off, and you get up to the top of the mountain. All you find is you're up there by yourself, and you have to start back off down, you know, because the rodeo start back at Denver. Denver. Odessa, yep. Odessa and Denver the next week. And so you start back down off that mountain. You walk back down the pit. And, uh, you know, when you're stepping, when you're in the fast lane, uh, that's really cool. But you always got to remember the gutter runs right along beside it, and, boy, you're going to get splashed on going down and coming up. <laughs> is that what drove you all yeah. those years is wanting to keep proving that, you know what, I am the best, I know I'm the best. And like you said, so you, I, I mean, as the, soon as you it, got the, after that but next bull, you were going to bring on Denver? It was it was my vocation. It was it was not it, – it, it, to me, rodeo is not a sport. It was my job to be the best I could be. And and my and and my field was bull riding, and if I wasn't at a rodeo getting on a bull, then I was being lazy. Uh, you know, I told J.W. Harris one time. I said, you know, I said uh, you're a four-time world champion. You're runner-up twice, and both of those runner-ups. Think of the bulls that you turned out somewhere that you might have could have got a check on, 
or you're sore and, ah, well, I'll pass up on him. We all make those decisions. You you reap what you sow. Yep. And, and, and those things. So you don't ever, you know, you can always after the fact. But when you're in the fire, whenever you're doing your vocation, if you're not moving forward, you heard me say this earlier, mm-hmm. you're moving backwards. You don't stay in the same spot. That, that's like us and Rump Chat. Right, Rump? Oh, oh, you're in I don't know if he liked what I said or not. I think he's in he's in Deadwood, so I think he might be at the old was it the number seven saloon or whatever. Uh, watch him aces and eights, boy. <laughs> yeah, you're we're losing you. But anyway, so um Yeah, Rump, you gotta get to some higher ground, cat boy. Anyway, so uh that that's awesome. Uh, you know, and you didn't even say Sage or J B Mooney. You know, uh, that's interesting, Glenn. Wow, I've never heard that name. That, but that's what's awesome. Well, you know, uh, well, I mean, you know, obviously, and, I wasn't around in those days, so I didn't. You know, and see and, that. and remember, I didn't say Sage because I, I I picked guys that that I rodeoed with that are, that are retired. Sure. Not you know, Sage is uh, he's still uh, writing history. You know, and 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 that's the one thing that I that I do want to say on on Rump Chat because a lot of people watch it. You know, Sage Kimsey is the most sought-after commodity uh, that's wearing a cowboy hat today. Uh, but I remind him, I'll, every time I see him, you know, he's just a piece of meat. Uh, PBR would like him to be just at their events. Uh, and and I, I told Sage, I said, the only record that's out there that hadn't been broken is mine. I said, and so you do that. And anybody else wants you, make them pay for it because bull riding is is finite. There's there comes a time where you can't do it, and you have to stop. Yeah. So so get what you want to get, what you're committed to, and the rest of it's gravy. You know, it's it's amazing. I, I like I love to hear you talk like that though. You know because it's just it it could go in so many different ways. You know, not just bull riding. You can go in anything in life. Calf roping, uh, it, bicycle racing, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, and and it's a that's, the re- th- that's the reason that I don't, you know, call, you know, rodeo the, the sport and all this. I, I don't ever take my uniform off. I mean, I'm a cowboy, uh, and, and I love everything about it. I hate everything about it. I love everything about it. You know, you have to keep reminding yourself because – you know, life is what you make it. Uh, it's, you're not owed anything. And and uh, don't make excuses or, or, you know, you'll sit on, you, you'll wind up just before you go meet your maker thinking, man, I wished I'd have done this. I don't have many of those on my list. That's unbelievable. What about, you know, and I love, there's this Facebook page called All Things Rough Stock, and I don't know who runs it, but it's awesome. And they play old clips of tv you know and i was telling metters this he's like oh that's interesting you know but but there's so many stuff from tnn rides it'll just be one single ride yeah but you know you and it's just to those old school that's what i remember that was our rodeo on tv besides the nfr at three in the morning back in the day on espn2 when it would air in iowa was mesquite yeah, and, and and whenever it was on ESPN, you know they had it. We finally got it away from them and 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 went to TNN, 
uh, which was a national broadcast. Most people don't realize that, yep. but you know, before satellite, and the the one thing that uh, that, that I, I and Jeff knows this, and and I mentioned it to Patrick Gotch. Uh, the Cowboy Channel and RFD really has, they, they've really helped the rodeo business uh, with their telecast. Um, but we need this, a one hour or two hour block of, of championship rodeo um, in, the, in the worst way. Uh, that first hour, man, you can have the best rides and runs uh, at, at, at rodeos all across the country, and then you can have an hour w and have uh, guests drop in the studio and, and have these rump chat-type discussions mm -hmm. uh, about what's happened that week in rodeo. And it can be, it can be reasonably fresh, um, you know, and, and uh, not so many delays like there were back in the TNN days because we, we would do 26 weeks of Mesquite Rodeo, uh, but that would fill 52 weeks of, of television time, but it was on the same time, yep. the same station, yep. year-round. That's what we need. My daddy said we need to be on TV, same time, same station, even if we have to give it away, um, or we're never going to come close to NASCAR, NFL, MLB, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And that's still true today. That's why, um, you know, and, and, and doing those telecasts helped me really actually understand another facet about rodeo because without the people that – are interested without them buying tickets and physically going to a rodeo um, we're lost exactly got to have the fans i used to i used to give make fun of you know people show up in the in the brooks and dunn brush popper and the jeans with the braided belt buckle oh, hanging you should you, you know you should have been in the urban cowboy days bro. oh my god <laughs> my that was when my dad he started riding bull around that time and he said, and he'd be an amateur. He was he, probably in love with Sissy, too. Oh. <laughs> I could watch her ride that bucket machine every day. Yeah. Uh, the the, the cool part is is um, uh, before they raised that, and, and you might watch it now and think, boy, that's pretty B grade. Well, at the time, it was uh, A quality uh, broadcast uh, movie. Uh, but uh, Tanya Tucker read for Sissy's part, and I read for Travolta's part. Oh, my, my, no my, way. My daddy looked at the script, and it was so nasty. <laughs> and, I mean, you know, Hollywood, my daddy said, you know, and I'm 20, I don't know, 22 or 23 <laughs> years old, something like that. And he goes, if you do that, I'm whooping your ass. <laughs> really? He, he, I, he, he, he said, don't you that. dare embarrass he, me yeah, like he, that. He didn't know the star it would have made you. You know, but <laughs> you were, but, but they they you know, they modified some of that and, well, and sure. went with you know some you know bona fide television movie stars. Hey, yeah, John Travolta, no big deal. Yeah, you know, I can still do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would could, love, hey, I would love to see that. I would love to see. Could you beat West Hightower in a bucket machine bull riding today? Oh man, absolutely. Bring it on, <laughs> absolutely. I thought he was a cool guy too. <laughs> Did you have a shirt like that black fishnet netted shirt like he it's was a wearing? Mesh. No, <laughs> no. I now now my brother Pete, he could he he could have styled that one out. Did you ever rosin your inside of your shaps like they would? Only in the bronc riding. 
Oh. And I've always those bucket machines are the hardest things in the world to ride. There ain't no up to it. See, and, you know, and, Don, and, you got to keep up they, on your rope and, and that they. And oh, shut and the, up, Amber. And, and, the, and the bucket machines really don't help you much at all. You know, the bucket machines are uh, are really for uh, Gilly's Bar when when you're drinking Budweiser and and playing like you're a cowboy with your knee wrap on it to you know leaning against the counter. Um, your knee wrap. Yeah. Did you put a wrap on the outside of your jeans? Uh, Absolutely. When I was, when, man, I had them on both knees. You know, shoot. That's how you got Terry, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I did that, I don't but know. I did good. Yes, she's you did. An angel. She's a saint. She's a class. It's, cool it's just a good thing there wasn't cell phones back then, though. <laughs> <laughs> so your uh, the TV TNN. Uh, you did the NFR for God knows how long. Um, and I, I just I I hope I hope you get to go back someday. Jeff and I talked about it. We we played on the same team in a golf tournament, and you know there's possibilities, and you know, but uh, uh, if if they w- want me to do it, I I love doing it. It's just like announcing here, uh, getting to do the rough stock and especially bull riding. Um, I'm I'm right at home. I just love it. I'm I'm rodeo's biggest fan. Uh, yep. You know because I'm still excited. Uh, it didn't, don't make any difference if it's Sage or if it's somebody I've never met. Uh, you know, if, if they're in the right spot on one of them good bulls, I love watching it. So, and and that's true because I've worked an event with Donnie that <laughs> the Senior Pro Finals. Oh Lord! He's <laughs> in Vegas, out at Horseman's Park. Sorry, is that a little loud? Uh, out of Horseman's Park, uh, Joe B was supposed to be there. You filled in. It was a Boyd Gaming deal, is what it was. Yeah, Jackie yeah. Ferrando got us the the. It was for them. Horseman's Park, we were at Sam's Town. Sam's was, Town was, was right yeah. there. And and Rump, this was great. So <laughs> we go in, and they have their kind of their announcer, and 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 Kenny was a super good guy. But it, this was a deal. It was there. There was about what maybe 35, 40 people in the stands. Maybe yeah, if you're. Yeah, if you counted, yeah, if you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you counted the fl- the the mosquitoes up around the lights, yeah, <laughs> so at least. So we do this. Donnie comes in, you know, and it does his thing in the bareback riding, and then he'd go back outside, and there's this little window in the back, and he had that open, and he'd be out there smoking his stogie, and I'd I'd play, you know, some Creedence, and he'd be like, Creedence Clearwater Revival, 1978, you know. What I mean? <laughs> You'd see a puff of smoke go, and and then he'd come back in. But then that night it was so great because this was this the first time I really was around you. Was was around Donnie, and so which I was. It was awesome. I was just hanging out with Donnie. We go to the the little uh, uh, lobby bar there, and they had a band. And I mean, you should see Donnie Gay at the Senior Po Finals with the. All the blue hairs are coming, and oh, I saw you at so and so, and I saw you. And even, but then there was more of the men coming that wanted to be around Donnie and talk to Donnie. I, well, it was hilarious. It was so fun. But we had a good time. Donnie got to tell stories, and, and Donnie, Donnie's about as bad as Tallman as far as it goes. Like you can't oh, go God. anywhere in public with Donnie. Like I've tried That's to true. walk through the Orleans. So from the time that you get to the front door to the time you get to where. Uh, the rodeo party is at the Orleans. I guarantee 55 people will stop Donnie and tell him a story about, oh, I don't know if you remember me, I watched you ride in, in Mesquite in 1981. Or like, and he'd, he'd remember the bully got on. 
Well, oh, it, it's, you can't go anywhere with Donnie Gay. That's true. If you're in a hurry, you can't. You ain't going to be able to make it at a rodeo. That's very true. You know, that, that's a that's a, a fun thing, and 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 I got to say, fully fifty percent of the ones that said, you know, when they start the conversation off is, now you're not going to rem- remember me, but, and I I want to say, you're right, but I don't. <laughs> You know, because I get accused of being, you know, a, a butt a lot of times, you know. Uh, so I try to, you know, make time for everybody equally if I can. And and that's the good part about rodeo. And I learned that not from Jim Shoulders. That's what I was going to say. That- I learned that from Larry Mahan. Uh, Larry Mahan, I, he, he, he called the newspaper in San Antonio. We flew in. We, we landed at uh, FBO. And he's already told the newspaper that uh, two world champions are coming in. Uh, to San Antonio and, and uh, riding at the rodeo and blah 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 and we get out they roll out red carpet in front of Mayhan's 310 and we get out of the airplane and I mean they got the big old cameras and the newsreel rolling and you know Larry Mayhan and you know cohorts are uh, invading San Antonio lock your doors and windows the cowboys are in town oh, and man. and he was he was self-promoting and he was promoting the the rodeo business um, as his business, and I thought that was just the absolute right way to do things. I, I, I loved every minute of it. That's awesome. Well, we, it's it's it's. Uh, I, I've noticed that you know that you do make the time. I mean, my folks and uh, and good friends of mine, Ralph and Jan Tackett, and a few from Sydney were there at the finals last year. We were sitting around and. and we stayed after after the the Tonight Show for probably another hour, and you and visited just, with just, them, yeah. and it was, and that meant a lot to my folks and them to 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 get to, to hear that stories because, like I said, my dad was you know riding bulls in the in the you know early mid seventies, and so that was your your hot time. He went completely different. Level. He he said Drum uh, Drum Robinson. He said he said he always helped when you know dad was a place where he Drum always help dad and he goes and i said well that's nice and he says no he just he just <laughs> knew i was just another check in his pocket and it added money that, <laughs> yeah. that that's what you know people would say when they're you know being mean and ugly but the pure fact is you know there'd be you know a uh, hundred a hundred bull riders into the rodeo at baird texas uh, about 20 miles to the east of abilene and and uh, you said, well, where's Baird, Texas? Well, 121 bull riders entered at a Walt Ball rodeo, and uh, uh, my brother Pete won it on the Flying Dutchman. It was the, 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 he drew Flying Dutchman's number out of the hat. Uh, the fourth time, he was doubled back. You know, they bucked that bull four times. I was going to say. One, in one morning in the slack, uh, and the uh, thing paid like a slot machine uh, because of 114 uh, or 120-some bull riders' entry fees plus the $500 that was added money. And so um, we began to uh, think that, uh, you know, the sponsorships started getting bigger and better and where you weren't just riding at your own money like jackpot team ropings and barrel races are, you know, today. Uh, <coughs> That's really what the rodeos were, and like I say, a good payday was six hundred bucks. Yeah, now you can win a million. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're the only guy that stays on at the NFR, you win sixty-eight thousand dollars. Well, you know, the first time I went to the national finals rodeo in nineteen seventy-two, first place in the go round paid four hundred and twenty-nine dollars for first place in the go round at the national finals rodeo in nineteen seventy-two, and in nineteen eighty-four. My last world title year, go rounds paid $4,500 for first. That was all the money in the world. 
we moved to Las Vegas, and the go-rounds paid just twice. They paid $8,500 to the first year at the NFR in 1985. And now they pay, you know, they're $68,000, so it pays almost 30 grand, 20-something, yeah. 20 27 Well, if, unless something gets going and uh, everything kind of gets kicked back, they might be paying $450 around this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. you know, and, and, and uh, pure fact is, is it doesn't matter what it pays. Uh, what it matters if you're uh, uh, an, an event competitor, not just bull riding, doesn't matter what it pays. If you're a professional cowboy and you qualify, you didn't go there for the money. You went there for first. Yeah, I agree. And that's, I, I, I think that as long as those guys, man, you win a gold buckle, you're not going to look back at your career and go, well, it sucked as a year of COVID and, you're going to be like, man, I did it. You like know, I said, there's no asterisk. There's no asterisk. I mean, there, there yeah. just isn't. And, you know, hopefully uh, we have the national finals rodeo this year. I mean, the talks are still, uh, I don't want to say reasonably positive because that would, somebody will take that out of context. Sure. But, but uh, the talks are positive and, and they're continuing. And uh, we're, we're trying to, uh, to get this done as in, in as responsible a manner as we can do. And, uh, get along you know uh, let's let's live your life uh, you know because here again i don't want to be sitting on the porch thinking man i wished i'd have done this or that <laughs> i want to say man do you remember that <laughs> exactly well we just uh i know we barely scratched the surface but uh rum's got a show tonight we've got a show tonight so uh we'll, we'll do this again sometime uh hopefully at the national finals because yeah. we're all we're all team boyd gaming um don't forget boydgaming.com uh still properties are still pumping so give them some love but we we just want to we want to thank you donnie Th for they're in the this just like we are yep you know, uh, but they're they're an integral part of of, of the business, and uh, you know the Boyd family and the the Binions and the, the I mean uh, Steve Wins of of the world. Uh, they've made an impact on the rodeo business, and uh, it's been all positive. Yep. Well, you dang sure have been positive for for a, a, a few generations of bull riders, and uh, and more to come. So I I, I appreciate your time. I know Rump does. If Rump, you still on the line? Heck yeah, buddy. Okay. How many White Claws have you drank today? Uh, none. It's it's actually hot in South Dakota. Oh, you poor thing. But Matt Birch just walked up and kicked my truck in the bumper, so. <laughs> so it's time to crack <laughs> one crack open. Crack one open, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Don't piss Goodbye, him off. Goodbye, sobriety. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, again, 8X, with thank you, brother, and, and uh, appreciate you. Give my you. regards at Old Deadwood. I, the last time I was there, uh, uh, I won uh, uh, third in the bull riding, but I split the the uh, bronc riding with Bill Smith um, and won the all-around. And, and the prettiest saddle, including my world saddles, it was the prettiest saddle that I ever received. It was the nicest, uh, I call them trinkets, that I, you know, got awarded, you know, because I was after the paycheck because I was making house payments. Um, but uh, it had that uh, Black Hills gold on it, and, I mean, it was something special. And uh, uh, I, I, actually, me and my daddy wore that saddle out. Did you? I was going to yeah. ask what you, if you still had it. No, and it was gonna, if, if I could have found it, uh, uh, I was going to send it back to Deadwood to go in their museum. That's cool. Um, but uh, it was beyond it was beyond repair, <laughs> and, and, and i got to tell you, that's the only uh, – Big saddle that uh, uh, 
really got used like it's supposed to. I don't think, you know, a guy can only have so many door stops in his home, you know, so uh, I'll use my saddle and chaps and stuff to raise money and, and uh, hopefully whoever gets them uh, winds up and takes care of them, you know, but everybody can use one, but you don't need eight. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen, Donnie. That's awesome. Well, we, we need to get something to Sydney's Brody Museum. We need to get something. Think about it. I'll send my boxing gloves. <laughs> <laughs> send no corn dog. Send a corn I, dog I got. I got. A, I got. A, I got a boxing glove signed by <laughs> Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah, you might want to hold on to those. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, well, all right, y'all. We'll uh, we'll see you again. Sorry it took us a couple weeks, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. I think we made it up with with today's show with uh, with ADAC. So. But we appreciate you all. Thank you to Gold Buckle Beer. Um, thanks to everybody for the support. Uh, go to rumpchat.com. Buy something because we need money. So yeah, <laughs> good deal. Just be honest. <laughs> you know, you don't ever have to worry about what you said. Sorry, I, I had a Jim Shoulders moment. <laughs> good for you. All right, we'll see you all later. Thanks, everybody.